Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello, and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider. Today, I'm joined by Sally Peterson, a speaker, coach, and consultant, award-winning luxury travel writer and entrepreneur who has an incredible background, so I'll leave it for her to tell you more. So thank you for joining us, Sally, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Well, thank you very much for having me, um, Patricia. And, oh, where to start? I feel like I've had a few different journeys already in, in one life, which, you know, like, like most people have. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I would say the main kind of point that got me to where I am now uh, started about 12 or 13 years ago. And I had left Canada for just needed a change for, for various reasons and started a life that I did not know would become very um, international and and leading to to the company I have now called Global Citizen Life. And all of my travels and living in, in multiple countries has really kind of opened my eyes to how the business world, world works globally. Like I had a business in Canada before leaving for many years and was aware of it, but I just, I didn't know how I, I thought, well, I live in Canada. I have to open my corporation in Canada. My bank accounts need to be in Canada. Like everything needs to be, you know, in the city I live in, especially the country I live in. And throughout my journeys over the years, I've really realized that that's not the case. And in most situations, it's not the best thing to do. It's, I don't want to say it's the worst, but it's, it's definitely not the best that we really should diversify for a variety of reasons. And, and we can talk about more about those. Um, but just for, yeah, for multiple reasons that we really should be diversifying. And we've all heard the phrase, you know, don't keep all your eggs in one basket. And with that, a lot of people think like, don't put all your money in stock. Don't put all your money in like one thing. But the same thing goes with our lives. Like we shouldn't have everything in one country Mm -hmm. because if things change, things go bad. I mean, you know, things are always changing, but especially the last few years, you really don't want to be trapped and stuck with everything under the control of one government in right. one country. Yeah, that's true. And these are things that normal people wouldn't know about or your average person wouldn't know about. So somebody having that experience and basically been around the block can really tell them. So I guess tell us about your journey to becoming a global citizen. Like what inspired this path? Uh, well, it was really... A few kind of bad personal things had gone on in life, and and I was just at the point I was like, "That's it, I'm done." Like I I totally need a change. But if I if I back up a little bit before that, I mean, many years before that, when I was growing up, and I was I think in about grade ten, so around seventeen years of age, mm-hmm. um, I was uh, at school. We were outside. I, I remember it's being cold, but I can't remember if it was like super cold because Canada gets, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate it. Um, but I remember saying to my friends, I think I've been switched at birth. And they were like, what? Your parents aren't your parents? And I said, well, no, not literally. <laughs> like, I just, I don't feel like I'm meant to live in Canada. 
all of my life. Like I just, it just doesn't feel right. And then, you know, I'm high school, so forget, forgotten about it many years later. And then it kind of came back and I was just like, you know, it's not meant for me. And then as I said, a few um, personal things and I just thought it's, it's time for change. Mm-hmm. Now, now's the, the time for change. And, and I first moved to Costa Rica. I spent five years in Costa Rica. Wow. Then moved to Spain, spent about five years in Spain. I still spend a fair amount of time there, but I also now have a place in Montenegro, um, which is in the Balkans of, of Europe. Um, and I'm, I'm also looking to find a new home base this year. So, you know, it's, and it's just, I, I love travel and I've been to over 45 countries. Um, so I, I, I learn things when I go, whether it's cultural, business stuff. I mean, the first many countries I was to was just travel vacation, loved it. I was a travel writer for many years. Um, and really just enjoyed that, but getting more into the business, especially my focus was really more on in recent years with, um, the pandemic and things. And I really noticed as everybody has, there's been a, a shift in, in a lot of things, whether it's working from home. Really, I think a lot of people have realized the control that the government has over us and how at the snap of their fingers, right. they can change everything. And one kind of pivotal point with that too was, I don't know if you heard, but when the pandemic was going on, there was a uh, protesting in Canada. They called it the truckers protest. Mm-hmm. And it was about vaccinations for them to be able to cross the border for deliveries. Um, and whether you, you know, think they should or not, that's here nor there. But, but the problem or what I, and I couldn't even believe it, that Canada said, well, if you're going to protest, we're going to freeze your bank accounts. If you're going to donate money to the protesters, we're going to freeze your bank accounts. And, oh, if you're going to protest, I mean, they were called names and stuff like that. And these were political people. And then our, our prime minister said, well, you know what? If you're going to protest, we might not renew your passport. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is Canada, home of the free international anthem. Like, I thought if the Canadian government threatens to do this, and they did freeze people's bank accounts. Mm-hmm. And how, like, and these are truck drivers. I mean, these they're you know they're giving us services and goods that we need they're not millionaires and you know they froze their bank accounts which caused a lot of problems like if your bank account was frozen and like many people how do you pay your bills how do you buy groceries how do you pay your mortgage and then what you have to go to court and get a lawyer but you can't access your money to get a lawyer to get your bank accounts unfrozen and if it lasts too long the bank's going to foreclose on your home and it's just all because of protesting and Yes, there were some people, of course, every protest, there's some rotten eggs that, you know, cause violence, want fights, do do terrible things. But the vast majority was quite peaceful. And we have a right to protest if we're not happy with what the government's doing, right. in, in my personal opinion. And I, I'm not into the violent part, but, you know, right. you, I believe everybody has the right to protest, not violently. Right. Um, but, yeah, and some people's bank accounts were frozen, and then that's when it really... That's when I'm like, I really need to have people know of ways to protect themselves because, I mean, it's a donating to a protest, you're going to freeze my bank account. That's such a control to say, oh, I, I have freedom if I do exactly what the government wants me to do and I can't do anything else. But isn't, isn't that kind of like moving towards communism? Yeah, and like a puppy. And like, every, you know, it's just, I couldn't believe it. And then that was, that was kind of a big 
pivotal point for me prior to that. I would have friends that would ask, how do I do this? Or what if I want to do that? And I'd be like, well, you really kind of think about structuring your corporation this way or look at this country to incorporate. That would help as conversation. But then that's when I really realized what the government is willing to do in the drop of a hat and how it really affects people. And so anybody who's listening to this, please, if you do absolutely nothing else at all of anything we talk about, please open up another bank account in another country. If you travel, you go on vacation. I mean, some places you don't even need to leave home to open up a bank account. You know, there's a little bit more hoops to jump through. But please, please, please have at least one other bank account in another country. Put bits of money in there, um, you know, and then you have it for just in case. You know, and maybe that'll end up being like some travel money or you keep putting money in it and it's a savings right. and then you can buy something. But if something were to happen, you have another bank account um, that you can access. And, you know, what if it was just even identity theft yeah, and sure. your everything was frozen because of identity theft? You, you know, you did literally absolutely nothing wrong. You didn't even help a protest, right. like nothing. And there was identity theft and now your bank accounts are frozen or they've been drained and you got to figure it out. At least you have money in another account that can help you resolve the issue, pay your bills for a few months. And, right. and nowadays, I mean, with online banking, everything, you, you will, no matter where it is, you can always access it. Right. Yeah, that's important because it actually happened to my mom where somebody hacked her account and they, you know, it wasn't her, but whatever. It's like everything got locked while she tried to fight it to get her money back. It was just a whole big you know, fiasco, but yeah, something like that would have, have been really a, a bonus at that point. Right. Yeah. So, so now I guess, what ways does a global citizen like challenge um, traditional notions of success? Well, I, you know, for me, I think we really need to redefine success. Um, everybody has, everybody has their own opinion, but I, I'm going to say generally most times people say, well, I'm successful if I have you know, X amount of dollars. And usually it's like a million or maybe now it's a billion because inflation and everything is going up. So maybe it's, you know, it's more than that. Or if I'm the, you know, the top dog, the CEO of a, of a corporation that has, you know, X amount of people or, mm-hmm. um, you know, that there's these really, I'm famous. I have to be the best athlete in the world or whatever. They, they define success. But I think we really need to find it because success in most ways that people look at it, there's nothing in there that says happiness. Right? And, and I mean, we know that just because you have millions of dollars and you're famous doesn't mean like the outside, you're like, oh, you're super successful. You have millions of dollars and you're famous. But if you're miserable, that's not success. Right. If you're not happy. And, and we know that money doesn't make people happy because otherwise, if we look at um, famous people, whether they're actors, actresses, professional athletes, look at how many have been addicted to alcohol, drugs, committed suicide or accidental mm-hmm. suicide because of those things. So we know it doesn't buy happiness. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we all need a certain amount of money to pay our bills. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying like we can live off of nothing because mm-hmm. we do need a certain amount. But if we don't have to worry about paying our bills, and, and there's a huge difference between need and want. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting with a lot of, I, I listen to so many different speakers and things, and they've even said there's been studies that when we're happy, we don't really need things. Like we don't need a lot. We're happy. Mm-hmm. We're happy with our friends. We're happy with our family. We have hobbies that we like doing where 
a lot of times people end up buying stuff because they're not happy because it makes them happy. Ooh, I got a new dress. I got new shoes. Oh, check out my new car. You know, I've, I've got all these things, but, and we've, a lot of us have done it. When we get a new car, I'm going to keep it clean. I'm never going to eat it. I love it. It's amazing. Six months later, there's chip bag on the floor. There's some cookie crumbs. There's, you know, because it, it wears off. And then, but to get that feeling again, that happiness, good feeling, we buy something else. And then we buy something else. And we keep buying. And, you know, if, if you think it's not you, have a look in your closet. If you have anything in there that still has the price tag on it, yeah. you're buying things to make you happy. Yeah, almost and like you said, it doesn't work. You keep trying to fill that void. Wow. And so I think I think we should really kind of redefine success. Like I think I'm super successful. I'm like like top successful in my humble opinion. Right. And it's not money. Like if if people looked at my bank account, they would laugh. <laughs> That's success. But with the jobs that I've had as a, as a travel writer, you know, I, I combine this. Like, okay, well, I don't have a lot of money to travel. But I I became a, a writer and I wrote about places and I traveled and I've stayed in five star hotels, eaten at Michelin star restaurant, mm-hmm. and I've done it all through my work. And so I got to travel a lot. Um I have friends, I've lived in different places, you know, I've got to so I'm like, yeah, if I if I die tomorrow, which I have said for twenty years I'm not gonna I'm gonna live till I'm hundred and twenty. <laughs> people thought I was crazy twenty years ago. Now they're like, Maybe you're not so crazy because yeah. people are, are living longer. And, and I, so I think I'm super successful. I've got great family here in Canada that I see every year and visit. Um, you know, I, I travel a lot. I've got friends all over the world. I'm, I'm able to do a lot of things. Yeah. I can't do everything and I don't have a, a, a yacht and live in a multi-million dollar home, but I don't, I don't need that. To me, those things don't define, um, success because you have to be happy. And, and that level of happiness, um, is, needs to be in our own definition of success and not what the internet thinks is successful or the media or your neighbors or your uncle or it's it's people really need to look at what do I like to do, what makes me happy, and if I'm happy in my life doing the things I'm doing, I'm mm-hmm. successful. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, they spend their whole life looking for that happiness and never get it, so I'm glad that you find it. <laughs> Yeah. Now tell me, you guide individuals to- towards diversification and global living. So can you share maybe a transformational client story? Sure. So, um, you know, what it comes, what it comes down to is, is every, every client is different because everybody has different lifestyle needs and wants and, and desires and things. And so I have a client right now. And he said, he's like, I don't want to pay any taxes at all. Like my, my goal is zero taxes. And I said, okay, it's, it's, there's some challenges to it. And everything is legal. I don't do any sketchy because that stress of being like, oh, am I going to get caught? Do I need to be looking over my shoulder? It's not worth it. Like I just pay a little bit of money for your own sanity. Like it's not, but so, you know, it, it worked for him too, because we have countries where we can have corporations and your corporate doesn't pay any taxes like there's zero tax countries and he's now living in a country and he he was already even at the country so it kind of worked out quite easily though and he's like well yeah i really like it here i could stay and he's in a country where all the money that you make outside of the country is tax-free but if you make money inside so his company is outside and you know it's not just i'm going to move to a a country and have the like there's there's some hoops and stuff to to jump through but he's like that's fine i'm i'm willing 
to I jump understand. through those hoops and, and it takes some time to do, but he's, he's on track to be having a, a zero tax, um, lifestyle. Wow. And I have, um, another just recent client, um, she says, well, I'm, and she's living in the States. And I said, would you ever leave? She's like, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to stay. I'm going to retire here. I'm going to die here and everything. And I'm like, okay, that's great. You're going to be paying personal taxes, of course, because you're, you're living in, in the U.S. Um, but we're, we're setting it up for a corporation. Again, we're looking at some low tax and no tax countries because she's like, if I have to pay some, I don't care because I'm, I'm already paying right now. So if I'm paying less, I'm saving money because yeah. I'm paying less. Right. Um, and, and some, she's like, you know, but I, I will not incorporate in a country where they don't, um, what was, what was the words that she used? They, well, they weren't respectful to women's rights. Okay. So this is fine. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's fine. Every, everybody has their own preference. And then it's, it also comes down to the type of business that you do. And mm-hmm. do you have employees? Do you need a warehouse? Do you have inventory and things right. like that? Because then, you know, then that kind of changes how the, how the structure works as well. Right. So, um, but yeah, so it, it really is very individualized to depending upon the type of, of, work they do. I generally mostly work with people who do online things, coaches, consultants, sell mm-hmm. online courses. Um, and then if they, their, their staff or their team are, are usually virtual or mm-hmm. they themselves are self-employed freelancers. And so mm-hmm. they just contract that work. And, and so it, it makes those situations are a lot easier to, mm-hmm. to set up, um, the corporations that way to, to keep the taxes low. But, yeah, if you want zero corporate tax, there's a few. And then I think as you know, it goes up. But if you keep it under under 10%, I think there's 20 countries. And then I think there's about another five or 10 more that are under 15% for wow. corporate tax. So I always say there's, there's, there's a way to set it up for everyone. Right. And if we are in like North America, parts of Europe, um, and Australia, New Zealand, we can definitely reduce your taxes. There's, there's wow. definitely ways that <laughs> legally and easily, like you fill out some paperwork and, and you're saving money by doing nothing different, nothing different. And you're, you're keeping more of your own money to pay yourself more, invest back in your business, invest in other businesses, whatever it is that, that you want to do. But everybody's then. And I think we should keep more of our money because. I understand that government needs money for roads and it, in Canada, healthcare, we have our tax dollars that go to that. And, and there's some things, but man, do they waste money. They waste so much money that it's just frustrating. I remember watching a TV show years ago where they did just like generic, um, like say the presidential suite, you know, it was like $5,000 for the stapler on the desk and, you know, stupid things like that. And it's like, I don't even make that in a month, but you're spending that on a stapler. Like they do waste a ton of money and the taxes just keep going up. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. You don't mind if it's going up if you're getting something for it. But like okay. here, maybe they just fix the roads here. I haven't touched that in years. And it's like, well, how many cars did it, you know, it just, yeah, they definitely, if you can keep more of your own money, better off. <laughs> and I mean, and people don't realize too, it's like, okay, well, yes, we pay taxes. But even though when I say you pay no taxes, we still pay taxes because depending upon where you personally live, then you'll right. have your personal income tax. But even mm-hmm. if you get that down to, to a, a minimal level, like they tax us when we make money and then we pay taxes when we spend our money. So we're paying taxes on top of tax money because it's whether it's provincial, state, whatever, when we're buying stuff. So it's like, 
you've already taxed me on the money that I've made, so I have less. And now as I spend it, you're taxing me again. So a lot people are really spending a lot more in taxes what they really think because there's no way I mean, I couldn't say no way because you can never say that. <laughs> but unless you're living on an island where you don't use money when you you know, you're somehow you are paying taxes, whether it's and, and most it's when you're you're buying goods, goods and services. You're, yeah. you're still having to pay with that. But um, then, you know, you can and, pick and choose what services and products and things that you buy. Yeah. And it's frustrating because any type of assistance that you try to get, it'll ask for your income before taxes, which always mm -hmm. frustrated me because I'm like, I don't even get two thirds of that. So like, what is that? Why are you calculating that? I, I don't get that. But, you know, it, it's a crazy system. <laughs> Yeah. So now tell us what are some of the biggest um, misconceptions people have about acquiring multiple citizenships or residencies? Um, well, some think that if you have the citizenship or residency that you have to live there full time. And and in some cases, you, you have to be there 180 plus days per year. So you have to be there more than six months. So yes, in some, every every country has their own rules. Right. Um, and, and so some things, well, okay, if you were born somewhere and moved somewhere, you can have dual citizenship, one in each country, but then that's right. it. Right. But that's not true either. You could have four, five, six citizenships. And with citizenships, you get the passport. So that's kind of like the golden ticket. The best right. that you can have is, is having a, a passport. But there's, there's times, there's some that you can get, which is they call the citizenship by investment program. It's right. basically you make a donation to the country. Again, it varies from $150,000 US dollars in some countries up to over a million. Wow. I think, um, I think Vienna, it's crazy. It's like 10 million and there's still no guarantee. The government decides <laughs> in like, it's, huh? I'm like, why would anybody do that? <laughs> um, so that, that one's like an over the top crazy. I think they just say, well, we have one. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's ever really going to get it. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so Malta is some investments in that you, you know, you do do donation to the government. You also buy property in, in Malta. And that one's, you're looking at at least a, a million dollars by the time you, you do all your investments and things, but you do have property. So there, there, there's a variation of them. So you can, as long as, you know, if you can, you know, you can get one. If in, in Malta, if you've got the money and then you can go to Turkey and get one, but it's because it's by investment, $400,000 in property, you could get another one there. So you can have multiple ones. And with citizenships, in most instances, you don't have to stay in the country any length of time once you get the citizenship. Mm -hmm. Sometimes leading up to getting it, you have to be there. Mm -hmm. And then with residency, the same thing. You can have many residencies, but you don't, you don't get a passport. But, and then there's rules that maybe you have to stay longer in the country or you have to be there one month out of the year. Or, um, I think it's in, um, Paraguay, you have to be there for one day every three years to keep your residency. That's easy enough. So, <laughs> nice vacation. <laughs> yeah, that's not very much. Um, but the, the thing with residency, I mean, it's good to have, but you have to then, I, I think everybody should have more than one passport. Because you have to have a passport to travel. And as the example I gave earlier with like the government on everybody's passport says this is property of the government. Like right. you don't own your passport. You are not even <laughs> entitled to your passport. It's a privilege. So if any time for any that you reason, pay for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So at any time or any reason, they decide that they don't want to renew your passport. Again, it could be identity theft. It could be you donated to a protest. Mm -hmm. Like any reason that they find at all. And they say, no, you can't travel anywhere. So even if you have residency, right. if you're in that country already, you can stay, but you're stuck there, but you can't travel to another because you can't use a residency card to travel. You have to have a passport. Right. And so that's why I think it's very important, too, that people have at least two passports. And some people can go back to their family history. If they have parents or grandparents that were born in other countries, right. again, they all have their own rules. But in, in a lot of cases, you can go back and and get a passport from, from your family history as well. So there's there's ways of doing it. Some of them are shorter. Some of them cost more money. Some of them take longer. Right. So it, it just depends. Tricks of the trade. <laughs> yeah. But I have a saying, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, you've so obviously proven that. <laughs> you know, maybe some, maybe you might have to be willing to move to another country for for seven to ten years mm -hmm. and live there to get that second citizenship and passport. But if it's a great country and you love it, why not live somewhere else for, for <laughs> seven to ten years? It'd be great. Yeah, really, it's like a vacation. <laughs> now, how does your diverse background in construction, health, and travel influence your unique approach to lifestyle consultancy? Well, I think, um, so I had, for, for those who are listening, so I had a, um, I was a national construction safety officer for many years, and I, that was my first business that I got started going was um, doing safety training and making sure construction sites were doing what they were doing because the government had just introduced occupational health and safety laws and regulations, and, and you know, it was kind of a mess at first because when new rules and laws come in. And I mean, it wasn't just a couple. It was like a 400-page book or something crazy. <laughs> wow. it, it was a lot. And then also being female in a predominantly male industry because we're going back 20, about 20 years ago when when I was doing that and started. So it was, it was a little bit tough. And I, I understood because here I am as a, a you know, in my mid-20s, early to mid-20s, trying to tell these construction workers that what they've been doing for the last 30 years, they can't do it that way anymore <laughs> because this book says yeah. so. Yeah, they must love right? you. <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and I was kind of like, don't shoot the messenger. I understand. I'm not telling you how to do your job. So it was a way of, you know, really starting for me to see somebody else's perspective, right? right? Because we all have our own perspective and, and things. And then it was a way of also learning how to, you know, how to come across with trying to make the changes, having, having people understand why, why we're making the changes and, and working with them, um, in a way, because I, there were people that were just like, this is the way it is. Just do it. You yeah. know, I'm like, I'm not, no, like it's, I get it. It's <laughs> different. It's when you've done something one way and all of a sudden you have to change it. Um, so, th so there was that aspect of working with the people and, and different types of people. Um, and then also there was the whole, it was my first company, my first business. And so learning about running a business, operational things, procedures, hiring people. Couldn't start simple, um, huh? You had to go for that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Compliance, laws, regulations, like, like all of that. So there's, there's many, many aspects of that journey that has transitioned into, into where I am at now. And I, you know, again, 
compliance, regulation, government <laughs> understanding. Nothing gets done quickly, no matter what country you're in. Everything like, yeah. country's the worst for residency. You're getting documents. And I said, every country's the worst. Like, you it literally, know, yeah. people like, Canada's probably good. And I said, I'm sure I could find some people that say Canada was terrible <laughs> trying to get their paperwork done. <laughs> yeah, unless you came with that, uh, you know, rainbow over your head, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> Nothing's fast. Right, wow. right. So now tell us, what does embracing an entrepreneurial spirit mean to you? And how do you inspire this in your clients? Uh, you know, I think it just kind of comes across naturally because, I mean, there's just like a whole world out there. And I just, it's my, my feeling that comes out when I talk about living in different places and traveling and trying different food and meeting different people and different cultures. And, and I think like, I wouldn't be the person I am if I, if I was adopted as a child and flown to be halfway around the world and lived somewhere else, mm -hmm. like I know my opinions, my thoughts, my beliefs, my everything would be completely different because a lot of times they're really not ours yeah. because we're, we're taught things and we're told growing up from our parents, our grandparents. And so we just believe those things as they are until we actually start to question, like, why do I like this political party? Do I, because I've been told to, and it's been like my parents do, my grandparents do. Um, but if we really kind of look at the things that they say and do, do I really agree with those things or am I only agreeing because I agree with that party? Right. And I, and I'm not getting into like real politics. Right. But that's a good example. It's the same thing with religion. Say, well, I'm this religion or that religion and it's okay. And, but, but why? Like, well, what's because I believe it. It's like, but we can believe things just because we hear it over and over and over again. If I have somebody, a friend, or like, well, they wouldn't be a friend, but if I said to somebody every day, you're stupid and you're ugly, you're stupid and you're ugly, you're stupid and you're ugly, eventually they're going to believe, even if it was the most best looking person in the world and, and smart, right. eventually when we hear that over and over and over, then there starts to be that little thing of a doubt. And then once that, and it grows and gets bigger and bigger, and then we, we start to believe. It takes, you know, a, a very strong person that would, you know, not be able to, to do that because it's just, it's ingrained with us. And that's like from when we're babies, we're just yeah. the type of music that we like. Um, most times it's because it's what our parents listen to. And then sometimes, you know, it, it changes a bit, but, mm -hmm. but, but those root things are, I think everybody should really kind of question well, why they believe everything they believe. Yeah. Because when we question, it leaves us open to know. And I love having conversations with open-minded people, because if they're closed-minded, it, it doesn't work, but who believe something completely different than me. Yeah. Because, and I've had some of them, and I love it, and they're like, yeah, but this and this, and when I, you know, was this age, or what this happened, and then I, and I'm understanding, I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened to you, that happened to your family, this, I understand exactly why you believe that, and why you think that, and if that happened to me, I would believe that too, right. but because this was my experience, what happened to me, my, you know, whatever it was, um, the way I was raised, I believe, and I'm not going to change my belief, but I can understand yours mm -hmm. because of your life, of, yeah. of what you went through. And I, I think with, with traveling a lot and you hear so many different things, um, and the stuff that happens in different countries, you know, sometimes I still go, well, that makes no sense. Right. No, that's, that's not like, don't get it. Don't, you know, but, but on an individual personal level of, of people, um, 
you know, a lot, we're, we're just really all the same. We just have different experiences and that's why we have different thoughts and beliefs and we're told different things. And I mean, that it's changing a lot with the internet, which some is good, some is bad. I mean, take with, you know, always look at the good, but there's bad with everything. Um, but yeah, so I think I, I just, I love to travel the, the world, like just nature of the earth itself is so diverse and so beautiful and amazing um that, that there's just so many things that i think yeah it just i don't know does it come across that i love it and i think everybody should really yeah. travel and live in different <laughs> places and have different experiences and just enjoy life because life is very long if you hate it and if it's hard and and we all go through hard times like we can't have joy and happiness if we don't know sadness and, and we all go through tough things um but when we're really enjoying it, loving it, like it's so amazing and it goes by so fast and we only got one shot and amazing we never know got... what time is up. This is true. It's amazing that you get to travel and do that because like I always say, I'm, I'm in New York. I haven't ventured too many places, but I am um, like on Facebook. I belong to various um, photography groups and I'm not a photographer, but they're photography around the world. And it's like sunset, sunrises, you know, nature, animals. And that's what I do the first thing when I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do before I go to sleep. I just look at all the beauty. And it is, I mean, as messed up as the world can be, there's just so much beauty in it. And it's like it could just bring you out of a really sucky mood sometimes. It's like, wow, look at that. So at least you get to experience it real real life. So I can imagine why you're just happy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's incredible. It It really is. And I think everybody has opportunity to experience it and and i know there's probably some people that are like well i don't because of my job because of my finances but i mean there's there's ways i did a lot of traveling i for years with house and pet sitting and i still did occasionally and i've been to oh my gosh i don't even know how many countries where i stay in people's homes and i would take care of their cats or dogs while they were on vacation work trips whatever so i would pay to get there so there was a flight cost involved but then because i'm staying in a home there's no hotel which is really expensive there's a full kitchen so i just go to the grocery store that i would have to go to the grocery store at home and you know occasionally i could eat out so it depended on finances but there are ways that we can really reduce the the travel cost and when we're in cities there's always free things to do yeah. There's always, or things where you can just make a small donation to a tour guide and you can go mm -hmm. on a two hour tour. Right. Like there, there's always things that we can do for, for a low cost. So there's, there are ways, ways to do it. And it, part of me though, it comes back to what do we need? Because a lot of times people are buying stuff they don't really need. And I just think, you know, if you're eating out once a week, and in North America, I don't, you know, it's it's not cheap. It's like, well, what if you just didn't eat out that once a week? Like, maybe go every second week or once a month. Like, no, I'm not saying, like, don't do things that you love to do. But maybe we, we should think about it. Or how often are you buying Starbucks coffee? I don't buy Starbucks, Starbucks coffee. Starbucks too. <laughs> $5, $7, $8 for a coffee? Like, mm, yeah. No, to me, it's not worth it. I'll spend money for a flight. It's like, oh, flight? oh yeah, no problem. $150, $200 jeans? Mm. <laughs> I, I have two, and I have two pairs of jeans. I have a black pair of jeans and a white pair of jeans. I like dresses. Dresses are my thing. But again, I think I'm like, well, especially living in Europe, I looked and I'm like, a hundred dollars or 150 euro, a hundred euro, 150 euro. I'm thinking that's like at least 
probably, if I book in advance, March, that could be three flights, like right. return flights. Do I really need another dress, pair of jeans, right. whatever? Or would I rather use that and go to a city that I haven't been to yet? I'll go yeah. to the city I haven't been to yet. Yeah. And so, that, you, so that's me. I mean, every, everything is a choice. Right. Yeah. You could book certain hours where they're cheaper. So, you know, they're, they're, mm-hmm. you know, like you say, where there's a will, there's a way, or you could just make excuses. You know, <laughs> they always say, the and it's easy to make excuses. Yeah. You know, it's, it's super easy to make excuses. And then, but, and I get sometimes it's hard because our friends are like, Oh, come on, just come, just go here, just do that. And, and we have to think of, you know, maybe not instant gratification. Like, Oh yeah, I can have fun tonight, but that's the same as every Friday night. Right. So why just maybe go once a month and the other three Fridays, if you go out, if you spend an average, let's say $100 a Friday night, mm-hmm. if you go out once, you just save 300 and you can use that towards something or every second Friday, then you're still saving 200 right. and you can use that to eventually once a year, go on a trip, go somewhere new. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, from a financial perspective, what are the major benefits of living globally and how does this connect to asset protection? Um, so with that, I mean, I'm so, I, North America is getting to be very expensive, especially compared to a lot of other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spain is definitely cheaper than Canada. Um, <laughs> Montenegro is, most things are cheaper, a few, a few things because it's a very small country. So some things are a little bit more expensive. Um, so there, there's just one day to day cost of living is, mm-hmm. can be greatly reduced in, in different countries. And then with, with asset protection, if you have a bank account in another country or potentially a corporation or something, you also are now open up to um, investing in things within those countries. So so you have those investments and they are a lot harder. Sorry, I'm going to pick on the United States a little bit because they're, you know, most lawsuits originate from the United States. Uh, but you have that asset protection because then you have to go through the laws of that country, not the laws within the United States. Okay. So if, if I have a, a property, let's say I have a property, my property in Montenegro and it's in a corporation and, um, somebody wants to sue me, they would have to, like, that's an asset of the corporation. So that would protect it on one level. If they were to sue the corporation for, I don't know, whatever reason, let's say they had one, then they would have to go through the laws of that country and have lawyers in that country and know it. So it makes it harder. Right. And for for things of a lot of frivolous lawsuits, so the ones that people are just, lawsuit just to try to get some money because they have lots of money, right? Unfortunately, (laughs) there's people like that in the world. It's not worth it for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a target because it's like, oh, then I have to get a lawyer there and then I have to do, oh, you know what, forget that's too much work. Right. Because they're, they're looking for, they're, there's ones that are just looking for easy targets to get some easy money. Yeah. Uh, that actually is really, again, things that normal people wouldn't even know about. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you guide your clients in legally reducing their taxes and what are the common obstacles in the process? So it, it comes down to the type of business that they have. Um, like I said, though, most of them, so if, it, if it's an online business, it's all relatively the same. But if it's more of dealing with brick and mortar or properties and stuff, then, then it becomes a, a little bit different. So with the online, the biggest challenge with that is payment providers. A lot of people are aware of PayPal, Stripe, 
Um, and th those ones are common and they're, they're big, but they don't always work in every country. Meaning that, like Montenegro, for example, PayPal and, and Stripe, I can't use them to put money into my Montenegrin bank account because it just, it doesn't work there. I would have to use a different provider that works in Montenegro. And so for people who don't know Montenegro, the population of the entire country is under 650,000 people. So it's oh, wow. tiny. <laughs> so there's not a lot of options. So I wouldn't recommend Montenegro, except that they have low taxes, like under 10%, 9.5%, unless you want to live there. If you want to live there, even or part-time live there, then absolutely it's great. It's so beautiful, low corporate taxes. So there's advantages, but it has to be them, somebody who wants to live there. Because otherwise it doesn't work and opening a bank account and, and things. So so it, it also depends on where the person wants to live, what their goals are. Um, payment providers are, are a big one. And then depending upon where they open their corporation, other countries, so if I, I'll go use my Montenegro bank, bank, for example. So my corporation's in Montenegro. Some countries will let me open a corporate bank account in another country. Some countries will look and say, oh, no, not Montenegro. We don't, we, we just don't like that country for whatever. <laughs> right. Like, not that they, but, you know, so again, each country and then each bank will have their own rules. So well, I think what a lot of people aren't aware of as well is that you can have your corporation in one country and you can have a bank account for that company, of course, in that country, but you could also open up corporate bank accounts in other countries for that corporation. Okay. And so it's a good way to, again, diversify because especially if you're becoming into a high net worth person who deals with a lot of cash, right. banks generally won't um, insure anything over $250,000. So if you have more than that, you'd want to open up another bank account and kind of right. split it up. And there was a, a law that came in. Oh, I can't remember the bill. Oh, Obama signed it. Um, I can't remember the name of the bill. Um and I'm pretty sure that it was Obama who signed it. But anyway, it comes in that instead of um, bailouts, because there was the, the bailouts, what banks can do is have depositors bail in. So if you have more than, let's say, the $250,000 in the bank and the bank starts to go belly up and, right. and bankrupt, what they'll say is like, oh, well, instead of using a bailout and, and asking the government, any Anybody who has over $250,000, that's an automatic bail in. So we're just going to keep that money. And they have the legal right to do wow. so. <laughs> i never heard of that. You never want to have more than $250,000 in any one single bank account. And in some banks, it doesn't even go that high. Uh -huh. So you'd want to check with your bank to see right. what is that insured amount. And um, because there's, yeah, there's, you know, and, and then with the countries too, different countries have had. Different numbers of banks go bankrupt. Some countries are better than others. Some have never had banks go bankrupt. So, right. again, another thing to look into. Oh, that's uh, good advice. <laughs> I didn't know that. So now, what was your motivation behind starting Global Citizen Life? And what kind of legacy do you hope to leave behind? I think the motivation was just, I don't like the Not that I don't like the government. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they're a necessity. But they've just been getting, in my opinion, really bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> really bad. And I think, think, I think we don't know what we don't know. And the media, I think the news and media is really bad as well. Um, don't, don't believe most of what they say, um, which is like the government. But I think between the media, <laughs> the government and TV, TV's always been, oh, if you have 
offshore corporations like you're you're part of like illegal activity exactly, or mafia. Yeah. You're like <laughs> the worst people in the world. You're right. hiding what your money. Yeah, yes. money laundering or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah, there are some. But I mean there's people laundering money in the United States with United States bank accounts. And there's people not paying taxes in Canada with Canadian bank accounts and Canadian, like it happens everywhere. There's always going to be some bad apples, but they made it seem like, you know, it was so bad and you were like the worst people in the world, (laughs) but it's not that easy anymore to open them up. Like they do identity checks and fact checks and like there's paperwork to, to fill out. And so I think it's letting people know that you don't have to be a millionaire, multimillionaire, billionaire to take advantage of the tax laws. These are the laws. They are allowed. So instead of thinking like, oh, I can only open up my corporation in Canada because I live in Canada and I expect paying Canadian taxes, depending upon the size of the corporation too, if it's quite large, there's kind of like banks, there's the posted rate of what the taxes will be. So it's 7, 9, 10, 15, 18%. But if you're bringing enough money over or the type of business over, sometimes they'll even reduce that. They're like, oh, okay, well, we'll, we'll cut you a break for your first 10 years. You pay 3% tax hmm. or an, whatever number, depending upon the country. Hmm. So there, there's ways of working it. And it's not just like black and white what's posted. And, you know, we most people don't know that. And why should they? Because, you know, we're not tax accountants. And even... Hmm. No offense to tax accountants, they know the laws of the country, right? right? Because that's what they're taught. You're in this country. These are the laws. This is what's allowed. This is what's not. And and we need to look at the broader spectrum of as a globe. And now with more people who are working remotely, um, whether you want to call yourself a digital nomad or you can work from home and home is anywhere in the world or within a certain time zone or, or whatever those are, right. we're having a lot more freedom and a lot more ability to to even maybe travel part-time or have two homes like my goal is to have at least three or four each in different countries nice <laughs> because then I have bases right um for a legacy I you know I've never really thought of, about it I just you know I think it's just educating people that there's we can't just believe what we're told for face value Right. We can't believe what we're taught in school. We can't believe what the news says. We can't believe what politicians say. Um, that we we really need to seek out people who know what they're doing in in all fields of of mm-hmm. life. Whether it's you know social media, there's so many people. Oh, I can be your social media expert, but they haven't really done much to be an expert. Right. Yeah. Or buy my <laughs> course. My course will teach you how. It's like, oh, but they haven't done it. You know. So it's. It's it's really, it's seeking out people and knowing, like, I think knowledge, uh, I was at a seminar one time, and I don't know if it was the person who said the quote, I can't remember what seminar I was at, or if it came from somebody else, but he said, you know, human beings were like plants. If we're not nourishing ourselves and feeding ourselves, we're dying, our brain is dying, so we need knowledge, we need to learn, and there's so much that changes. We can't keep up with everything. Like, I don't do everything myself. I'm not a tax expert. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a bookkeeper. But I know people in countries who are. I have a general overview. And then it's like, okay, how does this work? How does this? And then it's, okay, this is the person in this country that we talk to. Because there's there's no way I could keep up with even the taxes around the world. So it's like you get wherever your corporation is and we get you a tax specialist there who knows those rules as an international 
um, clients. So I work with people and I think we, we all need to, to work with people and, and be constantly learning and, um, hiring people who know things that we don't know because we can't, you know, we can't know it all. I hire people that I work with, even as a personal trainer. I always work out harder at the gym when I'm with my trainer than I'm right. just by myself. Yeah, you get pushed. And, and it's everything. <laughs> we get pushed more. Or they know. Or a coach or somebody who's who's done this. It's like, oh, I never thought of that. Oh, I didn't know that. And sometimes that saves us time, money, and steps. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that is true, though. I mean, with anything, it's like, you know, the world, um, I always say be a constant learner. Because I just had a conversation with somebody, too. You could put together, like, a marketing plan on Monday. That might change on Wednesday. You know, right. things are constantly changing, evolving, and you can't do it all, you know? So it's like, I always usually tell clients, like if I do investor relations, public relations, marketing, you focus on what you do. You, work, you handle running your business. Let me handle this. This is what I do. At the end of the day, we have the same goal, which is just like you. I'll help you. I'll guide you, but I'll put you in touch with the experts that can handle that, which is a good, a good strategy. Mm-hmm. Now, can you share some advice for those interested in adopting a more global lifestyle but are unsure where to begin? Well, I think you have to really think about what you want. So is it, um, you know, do you do you want to move completely? And, and, and do you want to have one home in another country and maybe come back to your home country to visit family and friends once a year, every other year? Um, do you want to split your time, six months in one place, six months in another? Do you want to be, you know, three places, four months, four months, you know, like, it, so it, you, the first thing to do is, is what, what do you really want? Um, what, what is your budget? Like what, what is, you know, that there's something for everybody's budget, but it's just right. being realistic um, because there are some places and some cities that cost a lot more money to, to live in, to rent um, an apartment and things like that. So you have to think of what you really want, what you can afford, and and kind of the lifestyle. Like, do, do you want to live by the beach? Do you want to live in a big bustling city? Do you want the countryside? Or do you want a place in each where you have a mountain kind of retreat and one that you spend some time in, maybe in the summertime, and then in the wintertime, you're in more of a, of a city that doesn't have snow and doesn't get very cold. Because <laughs> that's just me. Other yeah. people want to be in the city, and, you know, they want to be in the mountains skiing in the wintertime, doing those snow sports. So it's it's kind of like really like what do you want? And you need to think about what you really want and then that affordability. So what fits within those budgets? Because there's always places that will fit. And then like I have some, I've had some people it's like, well, if Amazon Prime doesn't deliver, I'm not living there. Well, that's a pretty odd demand. How much time do you need to be buying? You non-negotiable um so so things like that because you know everybody's different like everybody everybody has their own ideal and there is no such thing as perfect but i'm just i gotta throw that out there because i'm still looking for my perfect place (laughs) it doesn't exist right everything is a little bit of a give and take there's no such thing as perfect but we can get pretty darn close right i think I think we can get pretty close. Yeah, like you say, if you put a list of, you know, everything that you're looking for, 
you know, and having someone who's pretty much been everywhere can show you exactly what could be as close to that as you could possibly get. Because what you see on the uh, on the internet doesn't mean that that's where you're going. <laughs> I yeah, I I don't believe a lot of things that I see on the internet, and and check places out, and remember where you go to vacation. It's different when you're on vacation or you are living there. Yeah. Because when we're living, usually we're still working, unless you're retired, but you still have to have things to do. Yeah. Right? You still and have hobbies or activities or things to do. So when if you're going to places, you have to look at it as, can I live here? Sure, this is all great and wonderful for the first week, three weeks, even mm-hmm. if you're there for a month. But then it's, okay, every day could I live here for depending upon how much time you're spending there full time for six months at a time for three months at a time. And and the, you really need to think about that because I haven't really been to a place of vacation that I haven't liked, but I've been to several that I wouldn't want to live. Yeah, I've been being there. I liked it, but I wouldn't want to live full time. Yeah. The resorts, you know, it's, I remember years ago, I went to Cancun with my kids and we were on the resort and beautiful. And I'll tell you, it was just amazing. And then at one point we were like, let's just go off the beaten path and check out the towns. And as you're mm-hmm. getting, like, you could tell we were getting into really shady areas and people were coming up to my son trying to sell him drugs. It was like, let's get back to the resort. So it's like night and day. The resorts are always, that's their job, make it beautiful. But what you deal with outside isn't always as pretty. So yeah, all good stuff. So again, you go to um, you see the brochures you see it on the internet. That's not actually where you'd be living, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. So now, finally, as an influencer figure in the world of speaking, consulting, and coaching, what's the one message you want your audience to take away from your presentations? Mm. You're going to die, <laughs> but are you really going to live? And life can be short and the world is amazing. And most people are fabulous and nice and kind. But we all, we all go through some hard times. And so sometimes when people aren't nice, it's because of perhaps maybe they're having a bad day, a bad week. Maybe they've had a horrible year, but generally we're, Human beings are, are generally kind, nice, amazing, helpful people. And, you know, they're, they're everywhere in the world. And the world is just amazing and beautiful. And there's so much to see, do, eat. You know, like, there's so many different foods <laughs> everywhere. Things to try. Like, yeah, just, just live. Even if, you know, I, I get that a lot of people wouldn't want my lifestyle like they think about it in theory because it's like oh you travel so much and and I do but it's not all rainbows and butterflies it gets hard it gets frustrating it gets lonely um at times so you know nothing nothing is perfect and nothing is rainbow and butterflies but um you know if you have the opportunity to experience different cultures live in different places try things uh do it I mean even if you move and you hate it you can leave. Yeah. You're not stuck anywhere. Sure, you've spent money to get there, but money comes and goes. Yeah. We can make more money. We'll spend more money, and you can't take it <laughs> with you when you go. This is true. Like, you know, ha- budget it to make it last for your, you know, your life and your retirement and do the right. things that you like to do, but you're, you're not taking it with you when you go. So, you know, experience. Nobody ever regrets um, you know, when they, they talk to people that are in hospice and, and things like that, 
regrets are always things that they didn't do, exactly. not the things that they did or tried, even if they weren't successful. I don't believe in failure. I think everything's a learning experience and we just realized what didn't work or wasn't successful or wasn't right for us. Right. Um, but we never, people never say that they regret things they've tried. It's always what they didn't do. That's true. Well said. Now, anything else you want to add about what you're doing? Um, what's going on? Anything you want to add? Um, no, I, I think that's, you know, I just try everything experience. It's a world and take advantage of the, the world and the laws and things like that. Like you can use them to your benefit because trust me, politicians, people who have a lot of money, um, you know, they do, they, they use systems to their advantages. And what we just need to do is we need to learn the systems or work with people who know the systems and use it to your advantage, whether it's, you know, if you want to work with me and I can help you with all the things that we talked about or just a couple of those things, or, you know, if you're just starting a business and you, you go take some online business classes or you go to the college or university near you and you take a few business classes or things like that, like just find out great systems that work and use those systems to your advantage because they make life easier and better. And I, I believe everybody should do their best to travel. And have a bank account in another country. Yeah, that's what I'm going to end with. Yeah. Open a bank account <laughs> in another country, please. Yes. I mean, all the stuff that I would have never even thought of. So this is awesome. <laughs> so how can people get a hold of you? Um, so I have a website. Well, I've got a couple. So a lot of the stuff that I do with Global Citizen Life, that website is globalcitizenlife.org, as in organization. Um, so I'm there. I'm also, we've got, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll admit I'm terrible on social media. I'll go through phases where I'm like on it. I'm good. And then I get busy with clients and other stuff and I'm not. And I'm like, Oh, I got to get back on it. So I do have Instagram, Facebook, um, some YouTube videos. I've got a podcast that I'm getting ready to, to relaunch again. And it's all, uh, global citizen life. And then my other website where I do more coaching consulting. Um, stuff is just my name, sallypeterson.com, and it's P-E-D-E-R-S-O-N.com. So either either one of those, um, they can they can get a hold of me. Oh, and I have a new book just published. It's called International Money Mastery. So nice. if they want to look it up, it talks about a lot of the things that we talked about today okay, in the awesome. book, and that's on Amazon, either paperback or on Kindle. Um, people can pick that up. Nice. I'll put the link. I'll put the link to it on Amazon on this. Also, that's awesome. <laughs> wow, very nice. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Again, that was Sally Peterson of GlobalCitizenLife.org. So, thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. And never miss an episode by subscribing here. So, thank you. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.